Welcome to Oh, I Like That, a podcast about things we like and occasionally things we don't. I'm Rachel Wilkerson-Miller. And I'm Sally Tamarkin. Here we are, Rachel. We are definitely talking about things we like today and things that maybe we don't. Occasionally things we don't today, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's a good fit. What's uh, mm-hmm. What's the vibe like for you right now? The vibe is fine and good. It is a cozy, rainy Saturday here. I would say my vibe is focused. I've been working on a big story at work and it's been great because it is not at all pandemic related and it's been nice to work on something that is completely unrelated to the current circumstances. I'm feeling energized by it, having fun with it. So I have an interview this afternoon and it should be my last one and then I'm just going to get back to writing it and I'm just like feeling really pumped about it. Hell yeah. I'm really excited for the story. I feel like I'm like getting getting a contact high from you excited <laughs> about it because it's something I'm interested in, in too and you're doing all this cool stuff and you're also just like really zazzed about it and it's it's just it's contagious. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. All right, what's your vibe? My vibe is also like rainy Saturday. It's like nice and cozy here. I'm pretty into it. This will tie into one of the things we're going to talk about, which is that I recently did like a real like a big reorganization of my office. And I'm getting used to various things. It's great. I'm feeling very disoriented. For example, right now we're looking at each other through Zoom and there's a microphone taking up like (laughs) two thirds of my face, which is not how we usually do it. So Mm -hmm. I'm feeling a little bit disoriented, feeling like I want (laughs) to mess with the mic a bunch, but I'm not going to. So yeah, I'm feeling like I would say 90% like cozy, rainy Saturday, 10% disoriented and dislocated by what is happening in my office. But we're going to work through all of that together, actually, live to tape on the pod right now. Rachel, (laughs) tell the people what we're talking about today. Well, that brings us to our first segment, which is one that we're going to call Home Game, and that is all things related to house and home. And our inaugural version of Home Game is going to be about cleaning because a lot of people are thinking about spring cleaning right now. And it feels like a great time to talk about a topic that I think both of us have strong opinions about. We sure do. I mean, I feel like we'd be hard-pressed to think of something that we don't have strong opinions about, but <laughs> spring spring cleaning, cleaning organization, house and home, I think very near and dear to our hearts. And mm-hmm. I think also like because of the last year and people being at home so much more than they used to be, I think it's also kind of getting nearer and dearer to like lots of people's hearts than maybe it, it used it to be. It seems like it. Yeah. There's occasionally I'll feel a bit like when I see people talking about this stuff, I'm, I have that sense of like, I was into this before it was cool, which is like completely <laughs> silly, but it just does feel like a lot of people are getting into it and they're like, oh man, you ever heard of home DIY? And I'm just like, yeah, man, I, I'm aware. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit of that feeling of like a true fan. Totally. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, we're in it to win it, I think in terms of cleaning and organization. And I have to say like one, one of my like overarching comments for this segment is that I've recently taken a like temporary part-time job at apartment therapy, which is like just a dope website with a bunch of amazing content about like house and home. And they have a cleaning and organizing vertical. And I feel like apartment therapy is my place of spiritual belonging because I, I just, I really truly just like sit around for 20 hours a week reading like incredible content about everything related to house and home. But in particular, you know, at this time of year, there's a lot of stuff about cleaning and organizing. And I have to say that like, I've always thought of myself as like a a cleaning forward person, like (laughs) not because I think, I don't know if it's because cleanliness is next to godliness or if it's because like, I just, I have a lot of sort of chaotic energy and, and, and the, the less chaotic my outside environment is the the less chaotic my inside (laughs) energy is. So I've always thought of myself as like a cleaner and organizer, but when you read apartment therapy and you see the way other people live their lives and the beautiful organized spaces they create and their cleaning routines, like you're just like, Oh no, I'm like, I'm like in the the minor leagues, like, the, mm-hmm. I, and I don't think I'll ever get called up to the majors. Like these yeah. people are like, they mean business. Yeah. So I'm going to be referring to apartment therapy like quite a lot because it's also, I think it, it's helped me have some, some revelations about myself and, <laughs> and my relationship to cleaning and organizing, but we'll get to that in, in a little bit. Let's start with talking about spring cleaning. We were talking about this segment and we were mm-hmm. like, let's do an episode on spring cleaning. And then we both were like, we don't really do spring cleaning. No. I think because we clean all the time slash not all the time. I think like we just we are we approach cleaning from a place that is divorced from the calendar year and you know, but I I think actually this year even if it's not like 
spring cleaning. I think that I do feel the urge to do some big projects right now. Whether that has anything to do with spring is debatable, but um, it just is, I think, kind of a lull period where there's not a ton of other things going on. And so it's a good time to do it. Plus, there is going to be like a lot of content that is reminding you, but I'm not a huge, it's spring cleaning. This is when I do the thing. Although I will say I learned a fun fact about spring cleaning when I was reading Home Comforts, which is basically it came from, you know, 100 years ago when people were using wood burning stoves that created a lot of smoke and soot all winter to keep their place warm. So, in the spring, it actually made sense to clean because there was like they had accumulated a particularly mm. large amount of dirt in their homes over the winter. So there's a little, a I love little that a fact for you today. That's a fun fact. And also it's like a good I, I feel like the way that spring cleaning is talked about in like popular internet culture now, it it's like part of it, it's like a process of getting out the like spiritual, psychological, and emotional soot that has accumulated throughout the yeah, winter. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> which I feel like is even more true during the pandemic year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I, I sort of feel like every season is spring cleaning season. Mm-hmm. But, you know, especially this year in particular, being being home a lot and spending I, – I, I really can't believe how much time I've spent in the last year just looking at the exact same spots in my house – Mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, we're all spending a lot of time looking at like walls and floors and closets and stuff. Right. So it is like a particularly good moment to like get into some big, some big projects. And like, I don't know, maybe this will make me a spring cleaner, but I don't want it to. I I I want to I want to continue to I want to be an iconoclast. And yeah, um, you want to maintain your identity outside of you know popular culture and the pressure to spring clean or other things like that. Yeah. I, That's I, also fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. What big chores are we tackling at the moment? What do you have going on, Rachel? So one thing I should say to contextualize how I'm thinking about chores right now is that we moved last summer during the pandemic and we moved ourselves because we didn't want to take the chance of having movers in either of our small apartments or coming into close contact with anyone. It all like that was fine. It worked out. The thing was, though, we couldn't really have people in our home to like install things for us, set things up for us. And we couldn't like run to Ikea and run to Home Depot to buy things we needed. And like when it comes to furniture, there's only so much you can buy online. You kind of have to see stuff in person. And like some stuff, it's just like, yeah, you can get it shipped, but sometimes it's like prohibitively expensive. So all that to say, like we are still in a state of like half moved in. And, you know, you said the thing about like I've been looking at the same spots for the past year. I have too in a way that makes me not notice them as much or like only notice them some of the time. So I am looking forward to being able to tackle like like we still have boxes. They are like arranged in closets and everything is like arranged. We're living among them now, but sometimes I'm like, "Oh, right. If we hadn't we'd already been living together before the pandemic hit, we would just be living in like a perfectly finished apartment. Wouldn't that be nice? I can't imagine that now." So Right now, for me, a lot of the chores are kind of working around that reality. I'm like super excited about the day that we can have people in our apartment again or go to Ikea, but that's still a long way off. So my my chores are a little bit smaller in scale as a result. Um, but the first one is I've been cleaning my Dyson. I have a refurbished cordless stick vac that I got a few years ago that hasn't been working great lately. So I did a little digging around on YouTube because it had stopped it was having some problems like maybe in December. I found a YouTube video that helped. Basically, you have to clean out this one particular spot. I had done that. It still wasn't working. So I went further down the YouTube rabbit hole and learned I should probably clean the filter, maybe even replace it. I should probably clean the like secret second filter within the first filter, which I sent you that video of when they pull that inner part out. I gasped at the amount of like disgusting hair and dust that was in it. It was in horrifying. The video. Yeah. Mine, I didn't get that big reveal because I had had to run it underwater to get the two mm. pieces apart. So anything that was in it kind of got like wet and stuck to the bottom, but there was definitely stuff in there. And then I used the Dyson again after everything had dried and I'd put it back together. And I got to say, like, it just was purring like a kitten the suction was so much better. I ordered some replacement filters because the reason I hadn't been washing the filter is because it takes quite a while to dry. And Mm. so I didn't want to like wash it and then not be able to vacuum for a few days. So Mm. now I can like wash one, swap in a clean one, which I think will help a lot. But yeah, I I read this New York Times article maybe a month ago, maybe less, but it was about like TikTok videos where people are cleaning their cleaning items. So like cleaning their laundry machines or cleaning their dishwasher and they're really disgusting reveals. I actually don't typically get into cleaning the cleaning items. I should, but I think there's a part of me that's like emotionally unprepared for what I'm going to find there and like then the pressure to keep it up. But 
I may get into that now that I've cleaned the Dyson and it's done so much. I feel like the dishwasher might be next. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I, first of all, I've learned that like clean talk is like the that's like cleaning TikTok. I don't mm-hmm. know. Learned that yeah. from farm therapy. You knew that. Okay, great. I, <laughs> I didn't, but I like got it. Okay, as you soon got as you it. it. Yeah. I'm a bit of a boomer, as <laughs> folks may or not, may or may not already know or learn soon. So I recently learned about no, no, here's what happened. Our dry, our washing machine, a little light came on and it was like wash wash the washing machine. It was like mm-hmm. telling you to put this thing called a fresh in there, mm-hmm. which is interesting that like a fresh a fresh makes the tablets that you can wash the washing machine with and the dishwasher. I think mm. they also make garbage disposal ones. And it's interesting to me that I would like to do some some digging into the Afresh industrial complex because <laughs> our washing machine has has a, a light that says add a fresh. And I don't mm. know if it's like a Mayfair product. But anyway, I had a very Nick Miller, you don't wash the towel, the towel washes you mentality mm-hmm. around cleaning the items that clean, but it turns mm-hmm. out you totally should. And I did it with my dishwasher recently and also our washing machine and our garbage disposal. And I, I'm not into the the gunk reveal. Like I just, mm-hmm. I believe that it's doing its job. I'm not here to like look into it, Yeah, but it it is a thing. Like it makes things cleaner and smell better. So, because mm-hmm. shit gets really hectic in there in those, yeah. in those appliances. Yeah. All right, Sally, what is first on the list of your big chores you're tackling? So, as I mentioned, I reorganized my office. I what I was doing, this is like part of my my whole evolution as a person, which I'm sure you can read about in my memoir, but just to, <laughs> to sort of sum it up here, my my style around like getting things done is typically to like get things done as quickly and cheaply as possible, which turns out like isn't makes for like not a very sustainable like long-term thing because if you're not thinking about what's going to work in the long term you're just like solving an immediate problem then like other problems are going to come up really quickly so for example when we moved into this house a couple of years ago i needed a desk like yesterday and so i got two ikea tabletops and i bought eight legs and i pushed them together and it was fine but like it was pretty cramped there was no storage and so then instead of thinking what kind of like storage would be really good for me i just like kind of bought like I bought some filing cabinets and I bought some carts and stuff like that. And my office had like turned into this <laughs> it's like a, a walk-in junk drawer basically. Mm-hmm. And working at apartment therapy and reading all this content, the the most influential thing that I come across in all and like in like half of the pieces I edit is someone saying your space should be functional and comfortable and a reflection of you and you should be able to feel good there. And Mm. that's really stuck with me because that's not how I have approached like making my space. So I decided to like take a step back and be like, okay, like how do I actually work? Mm -hmm. What, how do I want the space to actually physically look? What do I want to look at on my walls? So all that is to say, I ended up getting rid of my two Ikea tabletops and getting an L-shaped desk, which is so much better and more functional. It has storage. I got a Calax, which you can see behind me from mm-hmm. Ikea, which I've recently learned is considered like the dad sneaker of home decor. But <laughs> as, as someone who identifies as a dad, I feel like that's fine. So, And then I actually took my Ikea tabletops and I put them behind the Calax. And now mm. that's like a, a station for like mailing things, putting mm. together packages, wrapping presents. like Because what would happen is like when you have a walk-in drunk, junk drawer, every part of the office is for every single task. Mm-hmm. And I'm weirdly extremely good at staying organized like digitally mm-hmm. and like in my – I feel like in my mind and in my like – computer files. I'm mm-hmm. very organized, but everything like outside of my mind and my computer is like pretty chaotic. Mm-hmm. So I just, I I needed to, instead of doing the thing where I was like, I, I just need to be better. I just need to be a better person who's better at staying organized. I, I decided to admit to myself that like, I need things that like gel with the way I organize. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. for example, like I cannot be trusted with surfaces. I can't mm. because I fill them up with things like mm-hmm. whether it's like tchotchkes, which I I do like, I have some tchotchkes like, but they're intentionally there as opposed mm-hmm. to like, I just, there's an object and I'm not sure where to go. So I put it on my desk 
papers like that I need to deal with, either like things I need to file, bills I need to pay. They, if I have an inbox that I can see, it just all my shit gets stacked up in there. The things that I don't know where to how to categorize them, they go in the inbox, and my inbox is like the telltale heart. It just like sits there beating <laughs> and making me. <laughs> I'm like obsessed with how there's all this stuff I need to put away, but I don't know where it goes, and I can't mm-hmm. like gather the. So now instead of like getting to this whole cycle of self loathing of like why can't I just be better at like being organized. I'm just changing the way I get organized. So I don't Mm -hmm. have to like, I don't have to get into this whole thing of like changing my personality fundamentally. So Mm -hmm. I now have like hidden storage. So nice. You know what I mean? So I don't have Mm -hmm. no more telltale heart. So that's kind of the other thing I'm doing is that like, instead of making a bunch of really quick decisions so that I can just like solve the problem quote unquote, and then discover like three months later that I didn't really solve the problem in a permanent way. I just like created other problems. I'm just taking Mm -hmm. my time and I'm seeing like, how do I use this room? How do Mm -hmm. I want to use this room? And once I figure that out, I will get more permanent storage. But for now, I'm keeping around like my file cabinets and my carts and I'm just like, it'll just be like a temporary solution. So anyway, that's like, that's my whole thing. It feels like a profound shift in how I like deal with like my physical space. So again, you'll, you'll read about it in my autobiography. (laughs) You know, I think what you're saying is really smart. And it reminds me of a tip from Marie Kondo's book that basically says, like, Americans love to buy bins and just in whatever configuration appeals to them, regardless of like what actually they need, like what they have to put in them and where those things should go. And she basically says, like, don't buy bins before you do a big clean out buy them after when you actually have a sense of the things that you need and where they should go. And I think that's something that's really smart. And I try to abide by that. And and a good temporary solution is like you can use like leftover boxes that you have instead of a bin just in that that time frame where you're trying to figure out like where you should put things and where things need to go. Like you don't have to buy a bin right away. You can use a shoe box or a shipping box or whatever the case may be, a suitcase maybe. And then if you're like, okay, it does make sense to have something about this size in this room. I'm going to buy a bin that matches that. But if you start with bins, then it's so easy to like end up not having what you need. So I think the approach of like taking your time and figuring out how you use a space before you decide where things go makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And like that actually reminds me, another thing I've gotten really into is I walk around the house now with a small tape measure because (laughs) Andrea makes fun of me because she says that my, my like DIY motto is measure never cut forever. (laughs) Um, instead of measure twice, cut once because Mm I, um, I, I eyeball things and I'm like, that's probably fine. And then I, I get a thing and it's totally the wrong size or I do a thing and it's like permanently messed up. So I'm also trying to take more of the, I'm trying to kind of get rid of the measure never cut forever, like gene that lives within me. Mm -hmm. And, and that is related to what you just said, like the Marie Kondo thing of, first of all, like get rid of a bunch of shit, like get, just donate a bunch of things, throw away a bunch of things, then actually see what you have, then like measure some spaces and see what you need and like then make some decisions, which is like, it's all new for me, but I basically feel like I don't need therapy anymore. I just feel like it solves like a lot of problems for me. I'm glad. (laughs) So what else are you working on with your next thing, Rachel? Another big thing is hanging stuff on the walls, which if you've been reading my writing for a while, I've written about this in the past that like Hanging stuff on the walls is to me like a thing you should do within, I don't know, six weeks of moving into a new space and people never do it. And then they come up – like when I've had friends over to my apartment in the past, they're like, oh man, you just have stuff on your walls. I should do that. Like I have all this stuff sitting around that I've been meaning to put up on the walls and I haven't done it yet. And that always struck me as like, why don't you just do it? I don't really get it. I am now in the position of like having (laughs) not hung stuff on the walls. I don't know exactly why. I think it's just I have things I'd rather be doing than like measuring uh, you know, a perfect center on a wall and and marking it up. And also I haven't been able to frame stuff as quickly as I normally would because I can't go to the store to pick out frames. So that's a huge part of it. But we framed and hung a couple things up, which is great. It makes such a difference every time I hang something. I'm like, oh, right, this rocks. This is like the best thing in the world. But then I haven't been as good about doing it again. So I'm actually, as we're having this conversation, I'm hoping to actually do some more of that this weekend. I have a couple things that are ready to go. I just truly need to get a hammer out and do it. But then we have a bunch more stuff that we need to get framed. And I've been using FrameBridge this year to frame things. And actually before this year too, because I had a couple of vintage maps that like wouldn't fit in any frame. So I decided to go that route. I've had a great experience with FrameBridge so far. It's on the pricey side. 
But I I think that's the other reason we've been spreading it out is just because it is a little bit more expensive. But they do a good job. It's like you can get stuff that's completely custom. And so I'm hoping that this weekend we can sit down and like set like send a few more things off to be framed, if not everything. But just getting those out of here will clear out a little space and then getting them back, we can get them up on the wall. So I think that's actually, if I'm thinking about a true sort of spring cleaning project, framing things and hanging them up feels like the big one. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Framing is one of those things that's like expensive, but it's because there's like the human, there's human labor involved in like mm-hmm. the things being framed. And right. and then also things just last a lot longer if you frame them properly, mm-hmm. which, you know, I still need things to, I still need framing <laughs> to be less expensive, but yeah. it is one of those things where you, you feel like you're forking over money that like it is a good investment. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm pumped about that. What about you? What's next for you? Next for me is we're just kind of dealing with our spice rack situation. Mm. So we have like a ton of spices and seasonings and we regularly use like like five or six or maybe 10 of them. But of course, mm-hmm. like occasionally we need other stuff. Right. And I've been as I've been thinking more about surfaces, I've been wanting to just like keep our surfaces clearer. Mm-hmm. And and like I realized that like our kitchen has this weird like so we our house the house that we got is like a, a new construction and a lot of the so a lot of the like decisions that were made I guess sometimes people move into homes and like do a bunch of projects and like redo things so they are what they wanted and we didn't do that because everything mm-hmm. was brand new and we were like that's eh, probably fine and like mm-hmm. now we're discovering as we go things that like we just don't like as much so there's this like really really narrow like cupboard, I guess, that you pull out. We have one of those too. You have that? Exactly we yeah. We've been keeping like weirdly shaped things in it, but I I think maybe it's meant for spices. Yeah. I, that's how we use ours. Okay. It's also like it works for that, but it's not perfect for that. But it's I think that is what it's for. Okay. Yeah. It took me like a while to understand that. So basically I, I embarked on a <laughs> on a project of figuring out you know, because we have our, our spices come in a lot of different, you know, some are like tall and skinny, right. some are small and like bulbous. So I ordered a bunch of like glass spice jars and nice. I'm going to like decant them all and organize them and then they'll go away in that thing. And then the ones we use regularly will be within arm's reach. And that just feels like, it's just, it's just like a way of like doing some decluttering and, and like using the space a little bit better because again, like when we moved in, this house still feels very new to us. And we moved in, like my partner, Andrea, is like amazing at like unpacking and putting shit away. We would still be living among boxes if it was up to me. But like <laughs> within a week of like being in a house, like everything was like, you know, unloaded mm-hmm. and put away. But you don't really, again, like you don't really realize how you're going to use the space until you're really mm-hmm. like in it. And so I feel like now we're in the stage where we're like kind of figuring out where to move things around to both like save space and make things more convenient. And also like, I, I don't think I really fully appreciated until this year how much, I, I mean, I feel like people have been saying this <laughs> since like time immemorial, <laughs> but it's only now hitting me like how much your space influences your mindset and like how you are. And, you know, for me, when I see a ton of stuff on surfaces, even if the stuff is like cute or functional or useful, it it makes me just feel really chaotic. So the spice rack situation is like, is I think going to help a lot with that. That's great. This is inspiring to me because we have the similar spice rack and it is, you know, it's, it's fine. Things mostly fit in there. I, I have never been, I've never been motivated to like decant things because I'm not sure that I can keep up with it after the fact. I'm like, I'm just going to buy anything of oregano and then I'm just going to have it and like that's it. Or I'm going to buy like a tiny thing of pumpkin pie spice and like that's it's going to stay in the little McCormick thing. So I've never been quite able to like master the spice rack, but I'm very impressed by people who do. And like I can look at that and be like, that is a better way to live. I <laughs> What I'm doing doesn't make sense, but I'm I'm not like ready to change my ways just yet. But this is inspiring me to at least like clean ours out, combine certain things that could be combined and get it a little bit more organized so that we can more easily find things when we need them. Yeah, totally. I'll actually put a link in the doc to the thing I'm getting because I did a lot of measuring, which again, a thing I never used to do to make sure that I could fit like two spice jars next to each other. And if you have a similarly, if you have the same kind of cabinet, maybe it's the same measurements, Mm -hmm. it might just be standard. And it also comes with like a little funnel to like decant and also Mm -hmm. like labels so you can label it. So I'll put that in the show notes. And then if anyone else is ready to like 
take the psychological leap, they can get into it. (laughs) That sounds good. What is your next project? Well, this isn't one that I'm doing right now, but I'm just throwing it out there as a thing that I'm really looking forward to. So as I said, we have not been able to have people come into our home to install things. And there's a long backstory here, but basically we have like two large windows that need some kind of curtains or shades. The only way to really deal deal with this is custom shades or regular regular curtains that only go so far. Like if you want shades or blinds, they're going to need to be custom. We got them in the living room and we had them installed like before we moved in to be safe. But it was like going to be fairly expensive to get the living room done too. So we were like, we'll just do curtains in there. That was not the right call. Like the curtains are fine, but they are just not like enough. We need shades. So we ended up ordering – like we had already been measured for the the second set of shades and we ordered them. But then we kind of were like, we don't feel like it's a good idea to have someone come in and install them right now. This is, I don't remember, I think it was like last September, October. And we were just like, I don't know, like, yeah, it's probably fine if they're masked, but do we want to take the chance? No, we don't. So we've had this box, it's like 10 feet long with these (laughs) shades sitting in our kitchen since last fall. So I'm so excited to eventually, like with, you know, I think the end is in sight in terms of like when it'll be okay to have people in to do things like that. I think it will be this year. I'm so, so, so looking forward to having those shades installed because right now we've got like curtains in the bedroom that we don't really love. And then like this window cling that you can put up that like kind of looks like frosted glass. So we've been using that to like bridge the gap because our apartment is like, it overlooks a courtyard. So like there's enough internal foot traffic and all of the apartments face into this courtyard. So like it's huge and it's like in our bedroom, like we need more privacy. And so the window cling is working, but it's not my favorite thing. I'm just so excited to be able to get the shades installed maybe this summer, maybe this winter, who knows, but like, I'm just, that's a a big thing that when the day comes, I think like after we're vaccinated or after vaccines are more widely distributed, like the first person I see is probably going to be somebody from the shade store who's coming to put this thing up for us. And I can't wait. Yeah. I, we have a bunch of projects that need to happen in the house. Like some of them are on the urgent side and that's definitely like we, we we keep putting off like you know back in the beginning of the pandemic when we were like it'll be a few months and now it's getting it's getting really dicey and so i think definitely like one of the things i'm looking forward to about like widespread vaccination is like house things that like cannot wait a second longer either because of like a comfort issue or like a upcoming emergency like an emergency that's definitely going to happen definitely all right what else you got so the the last like thing i would just say is like that we're doing is just like a general edit, you know, just like walking around the house and noticing where, when we have things that like we haven't used in a really long time or that we don't like where they are anymore, clothes we haven't worn, just like we, we've accumulated like a bunch of stuff to like give away. And it's, it's all sitting in the basement ready to go to Goodwill. And it's everything from like, like of course clothing, but then also like stuff we bought for our cat when we first got him without realizing that like not all cats like all things. And so Mm. there's like a lot of things that he doesn't use. So we have to give that away. And it's, it's just, it's stuff that just like sits around in a corner and it's like we can mm-hmm. actually get rid of that old magazines like we, we have some like like electronic stuff that we don't use so I'm giving away some of that selling some of that just like a, just like a it's just an edit just like an mm-hmm. overall like let's like can we can we pare down there's something that feels really stressful to me about living among a bunch of stuff period but mm-hmm. living among, among a bunch of stuff you don't use I I feel like that when people get rid of all of their belongings and move into a tiny house I'm like that sounds great because you just like have the weight of like a bunch of things off of you. Mm-hmm. But I, I could never do that because I also am obsessed with all my things. That that's a right. little, another <laughs> chapter in my autobiography. Anyway, so that that's what we're doing right now. So Sally, outside of like the big spring cleaning or once a year chores, what are some like little chores that you've been doing throughout the past, like let's say six months or just any time that you feel like give you the most bang for your buck, really pay off that you like strongly recommend to people? So I grew up in a home where my mom was like cleaning as she went. She's she's a real clean as you go type of person. Like Mm -hmm. she doesn't walk by a surface without like wiping it down. Or mm-hmm. like walk by a book without putting it on a shelf, mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes to the point where like you get up to go to the bathroom and come back to like f- your book has like been put away in your coffee <laughs> mugs in the dishwasher, <laughs> right? However, I love you, mom. But also like that has instilled in me a a clean as you go kind of approach. 
which makes it easier to do bigger cleans like down the road. Mm-hmm. But also like I, I feel like I get really stressed out when I when I see that like a surface is accumulating grime or a corner is accumulating dust. I feel like I'm talking about a lot about like how stressed I feel. It's just making a lot of connections right here, right now. <laughs> Can't wait to tell my therapist about this episode. Mm-hmm. So a really a good way to I have these like informal things. Like every time I start a new bag of coffee, I clean the coffee grinder, which Mm. cleaning the coffee grinder is like one of my favorite tasks. It's a whole process. (laughs) So then there's other things like you can do, like every time you change the toilet paper, you give the bathroom a once over. So, Mm. and I actually recently was reading this. There's a story that was published a few days ago, a week ago now, by the time this episode comes out on apartment therapy, which we'll link to in the show notes that is basically just a bunch of, it's like 15 clean as you go habits. So Mm. it's like clean off your desk every time you put something new on the calendar, clean out the fridge every time you sit down to make a grocery list, Mm. scrub the kitchen sink when you run the dishwasher. So it's Mm. like clean the bedroom floor every time you wash your sheets. So just like a bunch of things where you sort of tie these two tasks together. And it, I feel like it really ends up like adding up and makes it so that like, you know, you know, that feeling of like the, the like few days to like a week after you do a big clean, like nothing feels better, but mm-hmm. like three weeks after that, it's sort of terrible. And you're like, just completely ready to like burn your house down and start yeah. over. I think that if you clean as you go, you have less of that burn it all down feeling by the time it's ready to do a big clean. That makes sense. I think that's very good advice. And I'm going to read this article and, and try to incorporate some of this into my own life. Nice. Yeah. I was like freaking out as I read it. What about you, Rachel? What do you, what are your little, a little chore that pays off? So one thing that I did maybe in November or December was hanging up a bunch of 3M hooks in various spots in our apartment and love a 3M hook. They're so versatile because you can get them in all different sizes. So I just ordered a ton of different sizes based on what I thought we needed. One thing is that we have seemed to like accumulate a strange amount of robes and they didn't really have anywhere to go. So like I'm looking at the back of the bedroom door, we have really like big fat 3M hooks, like we each have a rope hanging on it. And then I put some inside of our closet because we have some lighter weight robes that are like perfect to go inside a closet door. I put two on the door of our laundry room. It's not a room, it's a closet. So like it's big enough for a washer, a combination washer and dryer. And then like there's a ton of, it's like a fairly tall room. So there's a lot of space above it, but there's not enough like floor space to put a hamper in there. And mm-hmm. so I put two 3M hooks on the back of the door so that when you open it, there's like a hanging hamper that hangs by hooks. And like that's where we throw like cloth napkins or like dish rags, basically any sort of household laundry that we want to do. It didn't really have a home. So that's like a perfect spot for it. I saw a little hack on Instagram. I think it was where you can like put 3M hooks inside of your like under your sink doors and then hang like Mm. rubber gloves from them. So just like anywhere that you could possibly need to hang something. Oh, I put a couple on the back of the bathroom door for shower caps because like there's a hook there for robes, but shower caps didn't have anywhere to go. So thinking about the spots where you toss something Mm. across a surface because it doesn't have anywhere else to go Mm -hmm. and it's like sort of too big to fold up and put in a drawer, that's probably a good spot for a hook. And so, yeah, it's like such a cheap way to get things off floors, off surfaces and into like a space of their own that I think really pays off. That's awesome. I love that. And I'm thinking of like a few places where I want to like do that right now. Cool. What's your next one? So something that I actually picked up from my partner is like before she ends a day of work, she writes down the stuff she has to do the next day, which, you know, and also just kind of like shuts down her office, like Mm. obviously turns off the lights, turns off the computer, but also like puts things back where they were like blows out the candles and like puts the candle. She works by candlelight a lot. I mean, not (laughs) can't, she also uses like light bulbs and electricity, but yeah, she has a scented candle going is what I'm saying. Like puts pens back in the jar, like, you know, just basically resets the office and makes a list of the things that have to happen the next day. And that's a thing that I've started to pay a lot of attention to in terms of like the household. So basically like same thing with my office of just like resetting it so that when I walk in the next day, it feels like a place to start work, not the place that like I ended in like, you know, you know, the end of the workday comes and I'm like excited and I'm like hurriedly shutting things down and like leaving, leaving like gum wrappers and coffee mugs. So getting out of that habit and just sort of resetting the space, but then also doing that, I think 
The kitchen and the living room is a big one where, as I've mentioned, like I'm really bad with surfaces. And if I don't make an effort to like reset those spaces, they become really chaotic. And so, you know, in the kitchen, and I'm, I'm going to link to this in the show notes, there's there's an article about on apartment therapy yet again about shutting down the kitchen. And it's basically this like a writer talking about the, these like steps you go through at the end of the night to like shut down the kitchen, almost like you would like a restaurant would at the end mm-hmm. of a shift before the next shift. Most of it is stuff that is a little bit too next level for me to do. Like I don't scrub. I don't know if this is I maybe like a horrible thing to admit, but like I don't spray down my sink with disinfectant and like scrub it every night and I'm like not going to start. Mm-hmm. But there are a bunch of things like, you know, sweeping or vacuuming every night, setting the dishwasher every night. Like just putting things away. Like I'm notorious for like taking a thing out, serving myself like food or whatever, and then just like leaving it on the counter. So mm-hmm. what I've been trying to do more now is just like really shutting things down in whatever room I'm in. And in the living room, it's like taking my video game controllers and like, and the remotes and like putting them away and not letting my Kindle and my books and various magazines pile up, but actually like resetting that space. And I think that's the kind of thing that it takes like somewhere between a few seconds and a few minutes to do. But the payoff like throughout the day and the week is like huge. That's a really good tip. And again, I'm feeling very excited to read this article and inspired to do a little bit more of this. I also want to give you another tiny tip of mine to add to your shutting down the kitchen routine, which is if you don't have it in you to disinfect and wash your sink every night, which I think is like a pretty normal way to feel, might I suggest drying your sink? Mm. This is a tip that I got from Home Comforts and I think about it a lot. That's like if you don't have a lot of time to tidy or clean, let's say in another world you have guests coming over or whatever, like cleaning out your sink. So getting all the like dishes out of it, whatever, give it a rinse out, but then dry it like with a paper towel or a clean towel so that Mm. the surface is dry. She basically says like the sink is the center of a room and drying it makes it look so much better. And this is so true. Like every time I do it, I'm like, oh man, it like looks finished in here. It looks cleaner in here. It looks different somehow. So if you, if you can't wash your sink or scrub your sink when you're shutting down the kitchen, consider drying it and see what that does because I do think it makes a good difference. I love that. I will definitely check that out. That seems like not prohibitively overwhelmingly big task to get into. Yeah. It's a small one that I think has a lot of payoff. I love that. Awesome. Okay. So what do you have next, Rachel? So I have a little tip that I got from Unfuck Your Habitat, which is a great book and website about cleaning and having a clean space. She actually has a tip, Sally, that I think you would appreciate or method called tidy your tops, Mm. which is about like set a timer for like 10 minutes and like clean all the surfaces you can or like tidy all the surfaces you can. So just go through and put things away, which I think is a really good tip. That's great. The tip that I specifically wanted to mention is one where she says like put a trash can in every room or put a trash can in rooms where you are likely to generate trash and where you spend a lot of time. So like I have a tiny trash can that's on my nightstand so that like I, if I like – I don't know if you just sometimes like if you – like sometimes I'll um, take my makeup off next to bed and I can throw the trash in there. My girlfriend has one on her nightstand because she takes her contacts out from bed quite a bit and they're disposable. So she just throws them away and like having a trash can there for that, for tissues, just whatever is like a really good spot for it. If you spend a lot of time in your living room on the couch and you're likely to like eat there or – be sitting there and blow your nose or whatever, like put a trash can nearby. It's like a really easy way to make sure that you don't like let garbage pile up in different rooms in your home, particularly I think like living room, your desk and your bedroom are places you might not think to put a trash can. So think about putting a trash can there or like start with just like an empty box or a brown paper bag. It's a good way to like test out, do you need a better thing here? is if it's helpful to have a receptacle in there, you can then be like, okay, I'll get a little trash can for this room. So just look for opportunities to put a trash can out. And and that's a way to keep things feeling cleaner and tidier throughout your house. I love that. God, I feel so alive. This episode is <laughs> like, it's perfect. This is everything I, I needed in life. <laughs> We are people who love a good product. And so I think probably what we need to do is talk about our our favorite, our top cleaning products or hacks. Like I think we both have some like methodologies to share as well. Mm-hmm. Great. You want to go first? Yes. I would like to sing the praises of the Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's made of. And I- I, I do. Oh, actually. tell me. It's melamine foam. 
which I know because I edited an article that Tom Vellner wrote for BuzzFeed about how you can basically buy melamine foam without the Mr. Clean brand. No offense to Mr. Clean, but it's basically about like using melamine foam as a dupe. However, back to you, back to Mr. Clean. <laughs> That's an amazing hack because the Mr. Clean magic erasers like have become a line item in the budget and mm-hmm. they definitely add up and the generic ones are not good. They're very crumbly. Mm-hmm. So I might look into that, but whenever I have a, a spot, I totally sound like a commercial right now from like the 1970s. But like whenever, I ha- when I have a spot where I can't figure out why I can't get something clean, I try a magic eraser and it, mm-hmm. It works and it's never like harmed a surface or like stripped a surface or anything. So mm-hmm. in our old department, I was having a really hard time getting the grout clean and I switched to magic erasers and it was like amazing. And then we have this like really annoying situation in our kitchen, which is that we don't have like a vent hood, which means mm-hmm. that like anytime we cook, instead of like a lot of the greasy air being vented out, it's being vented onto our cabinets over the stove. Mm. And so they get really yucky and like grimy and greasy. And I kept trying to like wash them. And it's it's really hard to – they're wood and it's like grease on top of wood. And I was like, I don't know what I can get that isn't just going to like smear the grease around. Let me tell you something. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser gets them totally clean and degreased wow. and, and doesn't seem to be like harming the wood at all. So okay, yeah, I just – they seem magical and I, I don't – you know, want to look too deeply into melamine and like what it does and if it's like an endocrine disruptor and stuff like that, because <laughs> it works so well that it, it I feel like it it has to be pretty bad for me. Yeah. Well, I'm inspired because I, I feel like I have some things that could, could use a Mr. Clean touch. Yeah. So I'm going to get uh, some after this please recording. Please report back. What about you? What's your, what's your top, what's your first top cleaning product? Well, I'm going to I'm not going to spend too much time on this cuz I've talked about this. I talked about it on G Thanks just bought it with Caroline Moss and I've written about it in the past, but I'm going to give a shout out to my favorite stain removers, the Spray and Wash Stick and then OxyClean Spray. I'll link to my blog post about it, but basically OxyClean Spray is great for like organic stains, so blood in particular. Um, it's really good for that, but it's good for everything. It's gotten out coffee. It just is like an all-around great cleaning treatment. And then the spray and wash stick is something that my girlfriend has always sworn by, and now I am now a true believer. So we keep both of those things in our laundry room. Um, when I was working in an office, I had like a, a bottle of the OxyClean spray in my bottom desk drawer, and people would often like go on Slack and be like, does anyone have like a Tide pen? And I'd be like, you don't want a Tide pen. Come by my desk. Let me, let me give you the good stuff to get your stain out. You know, you never know when you're going to get salsa or whatever spilled on you at work. So both of those are just like great all around cleaning products that allow me to wear white jeans in the winter without incident. So highly recommend both. I love that. That's great. I didn't, I'm not like a person who thinks a lot about, even though I'm known to like drip coffee and like dribble various like salsas and sauces on myself, Mm -hmm. I generally... I'm like, I'll throw it in the laundry, see what happens. But <laughs> I should graduate to like paying attention to stains. So that's like a great, that's a great tip. I want to sing the praises of a little product called Magic Cabinet. Okay. <laughs> which I'm also like obsessed with the fact that it's called Magic Cabinet. And when I saw yeah. it, I think like someone recommended it on like a blog or something like that. And I was already sold. Like I was like, you had me at Magic Cabinet. Mm-hmm. But so it's it's a wood cleaner and polish. And they also make Magic Cabinet for stainless steel. And the thing that I really like about these two products is that they they like they clean and like buff at the same time. I don't I don't know that I'm actually using buff correctly, but like I guess what I mean is that like <laughs> like our refrigerator is stainless steel and our fingerprints are on it constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have this. I'm I'm like buying magic cabinet as you tell me the yeah. story. I'm so, I'm like say no more I guess. <laughs> yeah. But say more, but I'm I I don't need any more convincing. <laughs> yeah, like they they just and and same with like our wood cabinets, like they they just get marks on them that is it's not exactly like dirt and grime. It's it's more just like they've been touched by human hands that have oils on them. And it, it's yeah. it's just so hard to get them clean and also clean and also like looking clean because I I was finding it really frustrating that I would like wipe down or wash cabinets or stainless steel stuff. And and I would be like, okay, well, I guess that's now technically clean, but it looks really smudged and yucky. And Magic mm-hmm. Cabinet, which you can totally get at like Amazon or Walmart or whatever, cleans really well. And also like all the bullet points under the product like have I've found to be true, protective barrier mm. to help guard against watermarks, dirt, and grime, beautifies as it cleans. Like, you know, you just have a feeling of like, oh shit, like I, I'm like cleaning, but also like buffing this shit. It doesn't smell 
bad. Like it actually mm. has like a, a pleasant non-chemically smell. It's safe for like food preparation surfaces. And it it's like it isn't doesn't seem to be like harming the wood or anything like that. So I'm really into magic cabinet and I I highly recommend it. It's as a as a cleaner and a polish. I guess that like some people like polish wood. But you don't, if you use this, it's like a two-in-one situation. Great. Well, I'm getting, the, I'm, de- I'm going to get the stainless steel one because we have a fridge and a dishwasher that could really use that. That's another one that, yeah, is really helpful for. Speaking of dishwashers, I think, what's yes, your next my, product? My next product is Rinse Aid. Mm. doesn't matter what brand you use, but turns out you really need a Rinse Aid, which I didn't know until a couple of years ago when I was looking into, I think I was on Wirecutter looking for like the best dishwasher tabs or the best dish soap. But I came across an article that they wrote about Rinse Aid that I had never, I was like vaguely aware of it as a thing, but didn't really know what it did or why I needed to care. I had never used it. Basically, I'm going to quote Wirecutter here. You need rinse aid because dishwasher detergents don't work the same as they used to. In 2010, the Environmental Protection Agency and other regulators made detergent companies stop using phosphates, a great cleaning agent, because they can lead to algal bloom. Cutting ahead, this is still quoting Wirecutter. Every new dishwasher has a rinse aid dispenser because rinse aid is essentially mandatory if you want your dishwasher to work well these days, according to every industry person we talk to. Rinse aid offsets limitations resulting from gentler detergents and stricter efficiency standards. It's just part of the deal now. And they also say, if your dishes are coming out of the dishwasher wet or with food bits still stuck to them, give rinse aid a whirl. That's exactly what was happening to me. And then I bought rinse aid and it like totally changed the game. So definitely get rinse aid if you haven't been using it. Yeah. When we moved into our house and we had a dishwasher for the first time, like our dishes were still like soaking wet and also like not that clean after we ran Mm -hmm. the dishwasher. And I was like, we've been duped. This dishwasher doesn't work. We have to talk to the builder. Like this is all wrong. And I similarly like ended up doing some research and found the same, I think probably the same thing on wire cutter. And I was like, oh my God, like it's Mm -hmm. it's not just a a fake thing. Yeah, it seems like it'd be a scam. Right, it's, it's not a scam. Not. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It like it changes the game. So everyone get rinse aid. Yeah. All right. What What about you? What's your next recommendation? I have this coffee grinder that I got a couple years ago, and it's a real workhorse. It's like really been. It's gotten me through a couple years of like intense coffee grinding and drinking, mm-hmm. and it you know it's survived through like I've I've like dropped it before and had like the the basket on top where the grinds go like crack and I've ordered replacement parts, but the grinder itself has still like hung on. And I think Mm -hmm. one of the reasons it's hung on so long is that I clean it like pretty meticulously and it comes with a tiny little brush. And when I first got it, I would try to clean it with a tiny little brush. And I found it really, really difficult because the brush is like so short that it's actually like hard to manipulate. It was like making my hand kind of ache when I tried to clean Mm -hmm. with it. And I was like, but you you know you have to clean it out otherwise, especially if you're like me and you like dark roast coffee, which the beans can be very, very oily. The oil can build up and it gets rancid and harder to clean. So I was like, I need better brushes. And so I just was like looking around on Amazon and I found this like bundle of all-purpose small brushes and in the product description, it's like all purpose for like humidifiers and your keyboard Mm. PC and car detailing. And it's basically Mm -hmm. like any home project that requires a small brush. And it it has like five or six different kinds of brushes in there for getting into different tight spaces. And Mm. I've now used them. I use them on my coffee grinder, but I've used them on my, I've used them on my keyboard. I've used them like on you know, my, my boom arm for my mic when I need to like get into a crevice and brush around, just basically like anything that you can't is like too small to like, you know, dust. I've like, Mm -hmm. if I like (laughs) am eating while playing video games and I get a crumb Mm -hmm. like in between a button and like the controller, I use the brush for that. So they're really handy to have around. And the exact brush kit I got is not available anymore on Amazon, but I'll find a similar one and link to it. It's like, it's like a, $6 $6 or $5 investment and mm-hmm. I use them constantly and I I love them. That's a really good tip. I'm like looking at my keyboard right now, which has been getting really nasty from working from home because there's a lot more dust in here and I am thinking that this might solve my problem. So I'm looking forward to that link. Yeah. I mean, as someone who, again, like I'm definitely not going to stop eating over my keyboard. I'm just right. going to, I'm not going to be that person. I'm just going to be after, I'm just going to have to become a person who has like brushes to clean the food out of the yeah. keyboard. That's a really good idea. Okay. Your last one, Rachel, what do you got? Okay. So mine is moving away from 
cleaning actual services and more about organizing in your digital spaces. And I just want to talk about Gmail filters and labels quickly. So if you use Gmail, you can create labels for different categories of things, which I highly recommend. I like have all mine in their different colors. So I can just like look at a glance and see where thing what things are kind of, they help me kind of just visualize what's going on in my inbox in a given moment. But what I make even more use of is filters, um, Mm -hmm. which you can use in multiple different ways. So one of the things you can do is set them up so that labels are automatically applied to certain types of emails. Mm -hmm. So for instance, I have in my personal Gmail, like uh, when our building sends us things, it like all comes from my building's specific email address. So I like have that set up to automatically filter to like home. And then a lot of times certain types of emails always have the same subject line. So if we get a package, I like I can set it up so it's like any email that I get from, you know, building at gets a home tag. But then if it has the word package in the subject line, I can add a sub tag for those so that it's like even more filtered. That's just an example of how I use it at home, but it's way more helpful when I'm at work because I get a lot of different like I do freelancer paperwork. So I'm getting a lot, like I'm getting invoices and I have to send out contracts. And so I use these automatic filters both to like categorize things, but also to like sort of mark things as like needing my attention. So you can also put emojis into the labels. So like I can just amend, like I can add a label that says like contract with a red exclamation point. And that means I need to send the contract. And then when the contract is filed, I change it to one that's like contract with a little check mark. So it's like an easy way to just know. So then I can also like just click in my left hand side. I can go to like contract red exclamation point and see all of the people who I need to send a contract to. So it becomes a way to like use your Gmail as like a more efficient to-do list or to make sure things aren't falling through the cracks and to kind of see where you are in this pipeline of like sending a contract, getting it signed, getting the invoice, signing it, having somebody else sign it. Like there's all these steps. And to me, this is the best way to do it. The other thing you can do is like use filters to make sure you're not seeing certain things. So like I get a ton of PR pitches. And a lot of times when I get a new one for the first time, particularly when it's from somebody who like is pitching me on something that I would absolutely never write about. And like they clearly that's it's like a PR company who's going to send me more. I like create a filter. So I go to like create new filter and then like basically all filter, all emails from that person. I do like mark is red, bypass inbox, add the label PR pitches. So like I don't even see those. Oh God, that is such a life hack. Like it's incredible. And like it doesn't, (laughs) it's tedious to do it each time, but it's pretty quick. And I still get PR pitches every day. But like if ever I'm like, is this really worth it? I go look at that PR pitches folder and can just see like the thousands of emails that are in it. And I'm like, oh, this is absolutely worth it because none of those came through my inbox the first time or most of them didn't, you know? So like that's super worth it. I also will, if I'm getting just like tons of pitches about a big one is like festival season. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to write about festival season. Like I don't need your pitch about, you know, what people are wearing at Coachella this year. So like I can just filter everything with the words festival season in it so that I never see it in my inbox. And doing that is just like such a relief for other like big holidays that like I like Super Bowl. Sorry, like I don't need your pitch about it. Respectfully, I'm never going to write about anything Super Bowl related. (laughs) And if I am, I can also I can find that stuff if I want it. Like it doesn't delete it automatically, but it's a really nice way to just keep my inbox clear of junk. So I would say like I also do it for all my newsletters. So like in my personal email, I just mark them as red, add the tag newsletters. So then when I want to go read a bunch of newsletters, they're very easy to find. But I, I'm somebody who likes to kind of obsessively stay on my inbox when it's open, when I'm working. And so having things automatically marked as red that aren't really urgent, but having that label apply there so I definitely still see them in my inbox is like a really good system for me to, to kind of cut back on having to like open up Gmail multiple times a day just to be like, oh, it's just like it's just an email from my building or it's just a newsletter. Like very few emails are things I need to attend to in the moment, but that doesn't keep me from clicking on them. So using this sort of automatically mark as read and apply a label system has like worked wonders for me. This is like so inspiring to me. I, I'm realizing right now that like what I have in my email, in my like work email box I've separated out important to not important and anything that's a pitch I just send to not important because mm-hmm. it's always any cold pitches I get are things I would never write about in a yeah, bazillion years. Always. Like yeah. not going to write about healthier Halloween treats ever. Never. Disrespectfully. <laughs> Stop <laughs> telling me to. Yeah. 
but I still have to see them. And, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're away from my important stuff. So they don't show up in like in my browser tab. There's no little number telling me that's there. But when I go to my inbox, I see all this like garbage, which mm-hmm. is just like, it's, I, I don't like seeing how much people want me to write about things that I find that I'm completely like hostile to. Yeah. And I feel like your solution just actually, it like bypasses me completely and like files mm-hmm. them away as opposed to exactly. like, it's kind of like the difference between like, it's like what I was talking about earlier with my office where I just like implemented a bunch of solutions so I could really instantaneously not have to deal with a thing, but it's actually mm-hmm. not like, it's not like the most elegant or best solution. And I feel like mm-hmm. what you're talking about is the most elegant, best solution. And I am absolutely gonna, <laughs> gonna implement, gonna implement that. So thank you for that. You're welcome. I'm excited to see your system when you come up with that. I'll send you some screenshots so you can see all of the like emojis I implement and my <sighs> color schemes because I think you'll really appreciate this. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for all of that. Well, here we are, and about yeah, an hour later, mm-hmm. and I don't even think that I feel like this constitutes a scratching of the surface of like things we have to say. Yeah. So we'll do mm-hmm. another another installment of home game sometime soon. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I think it is time for a nice thing to end on. What do you got, Rachel? What I have is that we're thinking about buying a sewing machine and learning to sew. So my girlfriend and I have both been like, we've learned to sew uh, in throughout our lives in like small, like my mom taught me once and then I like took, you know, like just here and there, like I would like do a class one time, but like never really stick with it. She took a class when she was younger, didn't really stick with it. Since we've we've learned to knit at home, we feel confident that we can learn to sew. And I just feel like sewing is such a valuable skill in so many ways. So I think we're going to spend this weekend doing some sewing machine research and look into like my, I think my big thing is like, I want to buy a sewing machine where that specific brand has really robust YouTube videos ah. because my experience is like, you like to me threading a sewing machine is the hardest part and you can find YouTube videos but if they're for a slightly different sewing machine it's not going to be as helpful so I want to get one where like we can follow along very easily with what's available online but you can get a sewing machine for not too expensive and I just feel like you know being able to hem things being able to you know make a little thing for yourself when you want to being able to do home decor all these things super excited about that so that's a, a thing I'm really looking forward to. I love that. That's a really good tip in general is like make sure there's like YouTube support for the thing you're getting. So smart. (laughs) All right. What's yours? There is a video that maybe you've seen, Rachel. It's kind of, I think, pretty famous. It's about making crayons and it was on Sesame Street in like the late 80s, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember it from childhood really well. It's like to me, it's like the very my very first exposure to the category of like oddly satisfying thing to watch, nice. you know. Okay. So watching people like frost cakes or decorate cookies, this is kind of like it's a crayon, a Crayola, I yeah, a Crayola factory in like the early '80s where it's like two minutes long. The mm-hmm. music is absolutely amazing. Okay, and you're just basically watching. It's footage of like crayons being made in a factory and like factory workers. It's like both machines and like human beings like making mm-hmm. these crayons. And I just kind of had total recall <laughs> and was like, oh my God, that was really awesome. And like, I want to watch that again. And like, sure enough, it has like kind of an internet like cult following. I watched it again. It's just as satisfying as it ever was. And the guy who wrote the music for it actually has like recorded a YouTube video with the music and like showing showing the music in his like software program and stuff like that, which was really fun. Yeah. And it's just like, it's really delightful. And I think even if you don't have a, like a childhood association with it, watching how crayons are made is just like really, really, really cool, especially because I don't know what, how crayons are made now, but in the late eighties, it was very, it was very much a combination of like, now that I'm an expert in how crayons are made from the (laughs) Sesame Street video, it seemed to be very much a combination of like mechanical, like machinery and, Mm -hmm. you know, nothing like electronic or digital and then like human beings. And it's just, Mm -hmm. it's just really cool to see that. It's like, I don't know, it's just like a nice little slice of, of crayon life. So we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes. Okay. Amazing. I think I've seen it before, but if I have, it's been years. So I'm excited to give it another watch. Nice. 
Cool. Okay. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of, Oh, I like that. And by the way, I was like checking out our reviews and Mm -hmm. we have like almost 80 reviews from listeners, which is amazing. Yeah. It's really nice. And we really appreciate it. And we would love it if you've been listening, if you would go rate us and review us, it really helps people find the show. So if you're enjoying it, just like take a couple seconds to say something extraordinarily complimentary about us (laughs) and rate us five stars. Great. You can also follow us on Twitter at Oh I Like That Pod, and you can email us at Oh I Like That Pod at gmail.com. You can also follow us personally. I'm the underscore room, and Sally is at Sally T. Oh, I Like That is produced by Rachel and Sally and edited by Lucas. Amber Seeger, who is Rocket Orca on social media, designed our logo.